From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast, and I'm the bomb. Burning Do-Gooders is a Los Angeles-based collective of DJs, promoters, artists, performers, musicians, and activists dedicated to putting the creative and constructive spirit of the Burning Man community to work in the so-called real world. They are affiliated with Burners Without Borders, a group that brings together like-minded burners to work for positive change in communities that need our help, hope, financial support, and elbow grease. The first project of the Burning Do-Gooders is a benefit party for My Friend's Place, a day center for homeless youth in Hollywood that provides meals, job training, health and social services, and classes in juggling and stilt walking. The event took place on Sunday, July 30th at the Moore Bar, a burner-based business, which is located in Santa Monica and features DJs, live entertainment, and a silent auction. Future projects for Burning Do-Gooders may include other fundraiser events, art auctions, beach cleanups, you name it. In fact, if you have any ideas for future do-gooder activities, let them know, especially if you can help them make it happen. For more information, visit their website, www.burningdogooders.com. Today's guests are DJ Poncho Andy, the founder of Burning Do-Gooders, and Katie Bone, director of special events for My Friend's Place. My name is Poncho Andy, and we are at the Moore Bar in Santa Monica, where we're doing the first ever event by the Burning Do-Gooders. We are throwing a club night, basically, to raise money for an organization called My Friend's Place, which is a center in Hollywood for homeless youth. And we actually have someone from My Friend's Place here, Katie Bone. Katie. Hi, I'm Katie Bone. I'm the director of special events for My Friends Place, which is a nonprofit uh, drop-in resource center for homeless youth, ages 12 to 24, and their children in Hollywood, California. What does it mean, drop-in youth? What's that mean? Meaning that we don't provide shelter yet, but we have we provide uh, emergency services such as showers, clothing, food, as well as educational and therapeutic services to the youth. Okay. And why did you pick? this particular charity to donate to? First of all, I should just, by way of background, I should just mention that the the Burning Do-Gooders was an idea that that I put out to a group of friends about a little over six months ago. Right around um, New Year's. Yeah, right around New Year's. And we were fortunate enough on two things, one of which was we actually were able to hook up with um, an organization called Burners Without Borders. And I don't, I don't know if Katie knows this or not, actually, but this was a group of people from Burning Man who immediately after last year's burn went to the Gulf Coast in uh, Louisiana and Mississippi, I think, and helped with um, cleanup efforts after Hurricane Katrina. And they sort of became semi-officially associated with Burning Man as an organization that would, was kind of trying to get members of the Burning Man community to uh, make a make a positive impact on it's an the, outreach kind of yeah thing. it's yeah. it's it's to sort of you know get people from the Burning Man community involved in the so-called real world and to do volunteer efforts that that kind of bring some of the the positive energy and the giving energy and and just elbow grease energy of the burning community outside projects and, and, you know, relief efforts in Hurricane Katrina, beach cleanups, which they've done one in San Francisco, and in our case, um, a fundraiser event for um, my friend's place. And 
what attracted me to my friend's place was, first of all, a friend of mine had done some volunteer work there. So I found out about it through her and sort of what they were doing and just liked how she described the organization and, and the kind of activities that they did. And the other thing, honestly, is just that, that, that homelessness is, in my mind, one of the biggest issues in Los Angeles. I mean, we have the largest, I believe Katie could correct me if I'm wrong, but the largest homeless population of any city in the United is States. Is that right? You're correct. Yeah, we've uh, finally surpassed uh, New York and San Francisco. And we received the least amount of funding out of either one of those cities. So wow. when... Uh, Mayor Villaraigosa came into office. He finally pledged, you know, that he would raise or put together a billion dollars to help, you know, solve this problem here in Los Angeles. And is that forthcoming? Um, it's in the works. It's going to be in bond measures, so it's going to be quite a process. So, wow, for a community that talks about a home, servicing a homeless community, right. it's pretty amazing. Right. And, I mean, the other thing that I really liked about my friend's place was that it, they they take a very proactive, constructive approach to dealing with the issue of homelessness rather than simply providing kind of a stopgap, you know, safety net for these people. For example, with a conventional homeless shelter that provides, you know, beds or meals or things like that, but not really any specific social services beyond that. I mean, my friend's place really makes an effort to come up with programs to sort of help these kids become self-sufficient and help them get off the streets and I really was drawn to that and, and some of the creative ways that they go about doing that one of which is kind of the most interesting will you tell um, us about it? yeah and I don't know if I should let Katie talk about this a little bit but the, uh, the your, Cirque du Monde your, your, your Cirque du Monde connection yeah, yeah. Uh, a program through Cirque du Soleil they since they were all street performers themselves and that's their background they decided to give back to their community at large and they developed this program in which they go into large cities and start these programs where they teach circus arts to uh, underserved youth and in our case we have this whole circus arts program where uh, we get two professional uh, circus performers come in and they teach our youth circus skills and it's not just you know the art of you know, bouncing on a tight rope or flying from a trapeze what it is it's kind of an entry-level program for us and it engages the younger males because they think see this activity going on and they are intrigued about people walking on stilts or riding unicycles and they get intrigued and they would like to participate in it and oftentimes it's their first program in which they participate at my friend's place and it's not just a and um, workshop in which you participate and you're kind of left alone, it's where you really have to interact. And you have to interact with the teacher. And that teacher will actually come out and, you know, in, get in your personal space and touch you. And oftentimes our youth have been um, abused, abused yeah. and it's a traumatic experience to have an adult come at them. But in our way, it's a trusting, yeah. supportive way. And it opens up a whole new world to them, which will eventually get them into our higher functioning therapeutic programs. I used to volunteer with a women's shelter, battered women's shelter, and touch is huge. Very important. And very healing, too. E exactly. And we use that program as one of our ways to uh, start engaging. And, um, you know, it's all of our programs with the youth, we encourage them to participate, but we do not force them to participate at any they can participate in programs as they are ready to participate in them. I mean, if they just want to come into our shelter and eat and, you know, get nutrition into them and sit on the couch or maybe play games with the staff, that's fine. That's all that they want. You know, if they do that for the day, that's great. 
they may have a case manager appointment and they might be going to one of our parenting programs and you know they're working the system in order to become further self-sufficient and to gain self-sufficiency really and what are they are these is this youth from uh, California per se or are they runaways from out of state or we see youth from all 50 states wow. and uh, from abroad as well um, a lot we do um, European and then Central American America as well as Mexico uh, so we see youth from all over a lot of them have been emancipated from the foster care system so that is a huge problem. Uh, statistics say that uh, it's over 50% of the youth emancipated will end up homeless within six months. It's a staggering amount of youth. And you know we're there to help them through those rough times and to help them put together a resume and to search the uh, internet for a, a nine to five job, you know, not just you know something at Starbucks. Even though we promote working at Starbucks or Del Taco or wherever as a way to start the working process, but that doesn't pay rent in Los Angeles, yeah. where the average rent is well over $700, and a, a minimum wage job does not cover that. So that's part of it. And so how, how did you come to find out about Through um, my friend Ashley, oh, okay. who um, was did some volunteer work for my friend's place as part of a master's in social work program at USC. Um, and she recommended my friend's place to me, and I went in and met with Katie and sort of got a tour and told them about burning do-gooders and what I wanted to do, and, and that was sort of how the whole event came about. Just It just seemed like a good fit across the board, and, and, I, and I mean, I liked my friend's place anyway, but I was really blown away by how... You know, they were using a lot of this stuff that is sort of a common part of the Burning Man community and that we sort of, I think, sometimes maybe take for granted or sort of think of as this, you know, that it's that it's an exercise in frivolity to learn how to ride a motorcycle or walk on stilts. And, and it just seemed amazing to me that, you know, that it could be used in this context as a, a way of building relationships and you know healing wounds and building self-esteem and self-confidence mm -hmm. and, and you know as a as a teaching and a healing tool really yeah. you know mm -hmm. I just thought that was pretty amazing so this is our first event it's a small first step you plan to do many more I would like to do more I would like to do you know more with my friends place and possibly other organizations as well mm -hmm. um, I mean really you know my my ultimate My, my greatest hope for this is that the burning do-gooders will kind of take on a life of its own and that other people in the L.A. burning community will, will come to us with ideas for other events that we can organize or volunteer efforts that we can organize um, and really start getting you know more L.A. burners involved in, in, in doing things to make a positive impact in Los Angeles and, and address some you know social issues in Los Angeles that I think you know, we can bring some new perspectives to and some creative energy to and you know and some dollars too yeah yeah <laughs> so well and if anybody wants to make a financial contribution to my friend's place how would they go about it we're on the web and you can donate over the web at www.myfriendsplace.org and it's under our donation and uh, section Do you take any other like physical volunteers as well? Like people can always. We're always looking for volunteers. Our volunteer information is also on our website, or they can call in just three two three nine zero eight zero zero one one and ask for uh, Camilla. Okay. And why why is it called My Friend's Place? I'm just curious. That's a really good question. It has to do. I think it's just the sense of you know we really are 
their friends and in the sense of that they can come here and just be safe. They don't have to really tell anyone what they're doing. They don't have to do anything specifically. And as a friend, you know, you just kind of accept someone yeah. for who they are and what they're what they need to do to get through the day. And that's exactly what we do. I can tell you how it started, you know, which was actually out of the trunk of a car. Oh, really? You know, yeah, providing lunches and a very grassroots sort of a deal where it started off as a negotiation between a Hollywood executive and a couple homeless kids that were, you know, sitting on the cars, panhandling in front of his office. And, you know, he kind of said, okay, guys, you know, what, what's it going to take to have you kind of like leave my customers alone? And they said, you know, bring us lunch one day, man. And he said, okay, not a problem. Is this outside you know, Capitol Records? Um, close to that neighborhood. Okay. And um, <laughs> and he said, fine. And then they said, date and time. And when the kid showed up, he did not show up alone or with five friends, but over 100 friends showed up. And so at that point, the executive knew that there was a serious problem in Los Angeles. And within a couple of years, he gave up his high-paying executive job, and he started My Friend's Place. That's awesome. So that is, I didn't know that story. That's great. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Now? That was 18 years ago. So we're, wow. you know, in our current location, we've been there for about seven years, but we've been roaming around Hollywood for, you know, 18. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Anything else before we wrap this up? Well, I guess I should just make a plug that the Burning Do-Gooders are also on the web. Um, at burningdogooders.com and so if anybody's listening to this podcast and has any ideas or suggestions for future events or future volunteer efforts that we can organize or for other worthy causes that we can get burners involved in in Los Angeles um, please visit our website and contact us from there. Okay, thank you so great. much. Thank you very much. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information about this or other episodes, please visit our website, www.burncast.net. Special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.